Jose and his wife, uh, Roma, uh, many of you would know her as Romance, uh, they joined our team a little over three years ago, and uh, it started with a conversation, and ultimately the reason uh, he's here on the Wills Point campus today is we just want to kind of share what the Lord's doing in his life and, and uh, how we're going to be a, a part of that journey. And so, Jose, I guess just real quickly, uh, tell us how we even have arrived at this moment in time uh, here today. So, um, well, man boys. <laughs> so a few years ago, I was part of a ministry that some of you are familiar with, Gospel for Asia. The ministry was located in Carrollton at the time that we joined. And then a few years later, uh, we ended up here in Wells Point. The headquarters moved, and so we moved along with the ministry. And in looking for a new church, we started, you know, we had this idea that we were going to go around and shopping for churches, uh, we came to Stone Point and we knew from the first day that this was the place that God was wanting us to be. So we, we got connected here. We started serving. And so this was our church. We made this our home church while serving at the ministry. A few years after being here in the area, we felt like God was leading us, uh, you know, to pray and to seek his face for the direction of our lives. And so we took a special time, about a month, a month and a half, to really be seeking his direction for our lives. And so we were asking, God, do you want us to stay here or do you have something different? And so God was clear that our time at uh, GFA was coming to an end, but he wasn't clear in what was the direction that he was leading us. And so it so happened that we went on vacation uh, to visit our relatives, both romances and mine. And during that time of just driving around Mexico and just visiting and just a lot of time on our hands, we started just reminiscing about when we came to Christ and how, you know, the different journey that has, God has led us since we were 18 all the way up to that time. And so we, we were talking about and throwing out ideas and we thought, Honestly, that God, you know, was, you know, leading us to be involved in uh, video production with uh, some friends in Tennessee. And so that was our first, you know, this is what we're doing. We're, we're sure of this. If that doesn't work, we have this other thing, you know, just going back to Mexico and just through uh, the help of our relatives or something, get a job and just, you know, go on, you know. Uh, but as the conversation went, we felt like God was just putting a small thing there that, uh, there was a still a great need for the gospel to go forth in Mexico, and we didn't. We just talked about it. We kind of mentioned it. Uh, coming back, I started praying in a sense, like secretly praying about it. I didn't. And what I mean is, I didn't share this with Romance. We had the conversation, but we never really, you know, walked towards that. So I started praying, and I wanted to ask God, you know, if this is of you, please somewhat start to work this in, in Romance's heart as well, so that it's not just my excitement and just me convincing her of to do this. Uh, she would argue the opposite right now, but I'm kidding. No, but uh, there was this one night that uh, we were uh, about to start, you know, watching a show at, um, in, on Netflix, and out of the blue, uh, Romance mentioned, hey, I think you should go back to college and finish that degree, uh, Bible college degree. And so I took that as a, like the initial step of God was leading us to this. It so happened that the next day I had previously scheduled a breakfast with Brandon to kind of just let him know what was going on in our lives. Again, we had our two top options that we were sure God was leading us. And this third thing about church, it was like, you know, nice 
but it's there. There's no way that this could happen. And so went to this breakfast with Brandon and um, shared this with Brandon. And he's like, wow. And he, he even said, you know, I feel really strong that God is, is, is leading us. He's asking um, to have you guys come and be part of our staff for a, for a period of time, two, three years. And so you guys can gain some ministry experience and go forth in this this idea of planting a church in Mexico. And so here we are, almost three years later to the date. Yeah, so initially he joined our team, did some uh, video production, and about three to five months, he had already passed that off to a young little teenager. Uh, and that teenager produces every single thing. I'm not sure he's a teenager anymore. He's growing up now and is on our team. Uh, but then that moved Jose to other uh, ministry-specific task here, and his influence has grown within our body. And uh, now um, it's time to, to send him out. And here's what we're sending him out to is the very thing that intrigued me first. And he goes, but there is something in my mind about church planting. And I'm like, listen, we're all about church planting here. Let's plant. Let's do that. I, I, we can equip you. We can get ready. And he's, I'm sure, going home and going, I don't know if this is going to work, but we're going to go off and try it. And so that's where we are. Uh, but now here it is that we're thinking about that, and I think a good thing is is go, okay, well, where are you going to plant? It's Mexico, but Mexico's big. Um, and so where exactly are you guys going, and, and what does that look like? So the city is goes by the same name of the state. It's called Querétaro. Um, the guys are going to have a picture for you guys. So it's in central Mexico. And central Mexico, and central and southeast, where the largest concentration of the population lives. Uh, Querétaro in particular was one of the first cities uh, founded by the Spanish when they came. And so uh, at that moment, it was a very thriving city because of uh, the gold route. Uh, and so there was a very, since its establishment, it has seen a lot of growth. Uh, there's beautiful Baroque cathedrals. There's, uh, there's uh, a lot of natural beauty that you can go. There's a lot of tourism that goes because of those two things. Uh, there's a lot of arts. There's several, several uh, high-level universities. Uh, since the late 70s, the city started to invest in its infrastructure, and that started to pay off in terms of the economic development I'm sorry, since the, since the 90s. So since the 90s, it has seen really a boom in terms of overall Mexico. It's one of the best cities that you can go, uh, you know, if you want to further your career. In, there's a lot of foreign investment there. There's a lot of manufacturing industry. There's air and space uh, industry as well. There's, it has a ton, a ton of things that is going on for, for itself. Uh, even though we've all heard uh, about the extreme violence that Mexico is unfortunately going through, uh, this city happens to be a very one of the top two safest city in Mexico. So if you just look it through the eyes of you know our flesh and what we can perceive and measure, it has everything going on for itself. But the reality is that that can change in an instant. You know, uh, men can... Um, um, can think about every way and everything that we can do to keep ourselves safe, 
but that can change in an instant. And what we are seeing is that even though uh, this city has a lot of things going on for itself, uh, the gospel has traditionally been uh, really hard to take root uh, in this particular city. Uh, here, about 95% of the population is Roman Catholic. And by that is mainly nominal, mainly by name, not that they're very practicing in, in their faith. And so about 3.3% of, of the over 1 million people that live here are evangelical Christians. Uh, another interesting thing that even though this city has a lot of great history, it's a very young city in terms of the population. The medium age is 26 years old, you know. Out of the 80% of the population are under 44 years old. So it's just, it's, it's amazing, uh, the city, uh, but we feel, uh, we feel because it has gone through many changes, uh, we feel like this is the time that God is leading us to follow him, like you said, in, in obedience, in going and, and sowing ourselves there. Yeah, so for, for us, all of us East Texas rednecks, will you say that city name one more time? Querétaro. Y'all got that? Okay, so here we go. On one, two, three, on both campuses, we're going to say this city together. One, two, three, Querétaro. Yeah. <laughs> We butchered that. But here's the deal. We just need to get that as best we can in our minds so we can be praying for that city. Over 1 million people, 3% know Jesus and the rest, nominal in their faith, do not know the hope of Christ. They think that good works will produce something in their, uh, in their life with Jesus, and it doesn't work that way. It's not about what we've done, where we've been. It's about what God has done for us through his son. And that culture needs to know that. Uh, as we think about church planting, I've been there. It's uh, one of those really crazy things. And one day you wake up, you're really excited. And one day you wake up and you're like, what am I doing? Like, am, what am I really doing? And there's just a mixture of emotions. There's insecurities, there's fear, all those things. What is your greatest fear in going back to Mexico? Uh, my mother-in-law. So this is the city where most of Romance's uh, relatives live, and actually we had planned this already beforehand, but my mom-in-law is going to be coming and living with us, uh, and so... Bless your heart. Bless my... Yes. <laughs> hey, Jesus resurrected Peter's uh, mom, so... I mean, mom-in-law, so... Yeah, there I mean, you go. Got to be something there. Anyway, sorry about that. But uh, in terms of fears, uh, really, like you mentioned, it's just, there's so much fear and uncertainty, and... What is going to happen if it doesn't work? Uh, you know, I, I'm 41 years old right now, have uh, three beautiful daughters uh, ranging from 11 to 5 years old. So we're putting all that we have on the line. Now that on our final days here, uh, we're, you know, we're going to be selling everything that we have in it, and we're only taking whatever fits on our 12-foot trailer. And so it is... You know, it is a big step, and, and we're putting, you know, all of the, that we have uh, in hopes that God will use our obedience, you know, to produce something uh, beautiful. We know that we're going to be missing many of you guys' faces that you we have grown to love, but we're hoping that God will use this step of obedience, even with our fears and our uncertainty and the what-ifs and the inadequacies that we absolutely have in hopes that God will allow us to reach more people that you and I get to join in heaven. You know, we, you guys might never meet them. Um, 
but in heaven we will. So that's that's Amen. what is motivating us right now. Amen. Let, let me ask you a question real quick. As he thinks about his biggest fear, um, outside of your mother and mother-in-law, um, how many of you would you, on both campuses would raise your hand and say, you know what? If I look at my life, I have some inadequacies, and I look at some comparison around other people, and I go, oftentimes, God, how can you use me? Anybody like? Um, and so when we started Stone Point, I was 30 years old. I had no idea what it looked like to really pastor a church. And so the Lord has just ultimately um, just wanted me to be faithful, uh, just faithful to learn in areas that I didn't know, um, many areas where I'm, I'm weak and, and or I'm feeble and where I still have doubt, even when I get up on a daily basis, that the Lord will just be faithful on my uh, behalf. Can I just say that I think that's even really our church. Our church doesn't have it together. Um, we're only eight years old, and, and, and most eight-year-olds don't have it together. Um, and so we have all types of gaps and leadership gaps and ministry gaps and challenges. But here's the deal is that the Lord can just use your obedience. And I pray that that would be a theme that you hear over today. He can use Jose's obedience, Courtney's obedience. He used the Bruno's obedience. He can use your obedience. And that's all that the Lord wants is just for us to show up and say, okay, God, use me, whatever that looks like, and all my fears and all my failures and all my inadequacies. Um, so let's talk about it real quick. Everybody thinks church planting. They think, oh, you've got this incredible plan, and you've got a building, and you've got all these people. So tell me, what building do you have, what people do you have, and what plan do you have? No. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. So... Um, we're going to, we feel like God is leading us to go and start a church from our family, really. This is what we have. I have Romance and our three daughters. That's our church so far. So we're starting from zero. We're not going to an existing church and being part of their start, their staff. We're starting from scratch. And so how this is going to look like is obviously going to take a ton and ton of prayer. So we're going to be moving late June. And so when we get there after being settled and everything is going to be further researching the city, knowing the rhythms of the city, how everything works, which are the areas of uh, need and some of the things that, you know, plenty of things that we don't know yet. Uh, but after a period of that, of research and just building relationships, we think um, of starting a marriage class uh, we have a program that a few friends in Mexico recommended that it will be good to start with. And out of those people that come and be part of this class, we're thinking of starting a journey group. And so hopefully we can start a journey group of two and then we'll continue uh, investing in these people, discipling them, uh, sharing the gospel during the day. And then at some point, a few months later, the idea will be to start talking about multiplication and having these groups turn, you know, if we have two, turning them into four and deploying leaders and continue to de develop them. Uh, as we continue to gather people, we're going to be able to do more things, uh, such as being involved in, in um, uh, events and holidays and things of that nature, finding ways that we can be a blessing to the community, that we can be part of the community. Now that we have, you know, the end-all solution to everything, we want to seek the welfare of the city working with the city so that's kind of what we're going to be doing once we have a few people gathered and so hopefully for um you know we're believing that god will allow us uh around the end of next um next year first quarter uh or middle of next year to start talking about previous services and so we're really dependent upon god we don't know if we're gonna be you know 
coming next year, we're, we don't know if we're going to be looking at, you know, 20, 30 people or 100, 200 people. That will be awesome. That's up to God. We're going to be faithful in what he has called us to do. Yeah, I think it's really helpful to understand um, just what a church plant is. Um, this isn't a splant. This isn't a split and a plant altogether. This is a, a plant. This is him going. He's having to organize a team. He's having to cast vision, help people understand why a church is needed in uh, the heart of Mexico. He's going to have to recruit people. He's going to have to disciple uh, people. He's going to have to share his faith with people. And we have to trust that the Lord's going to use a work there. And then um, once he gets a team together and he's training them and they're equipping them, then they can worry about a building. But the American culture goes, hey, would you all have a building? And are you all doing worship? Just two things. One, you don't need a building to have a church. And number two, worship is a lifestyle, not a thing you do. And so he's going to go, and they're going to be worshiping with friends as they gather in their homes, and they're going to be obedient to the call. And the Lord uses it to establish a body of 15 people, and we praise God for it. If he decides to do 150 people or 1,500 people, at the end of the day, the results are the Lord's. And all he cares about, say it with me, is obedience. What is it? Obedience. 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 And so um, final, final question, actually two, and so you got 20 seconds on this one. Um, what are you going to miss most about the, just the body here, just at some point? As I shared uh, briefly yesterday, just the uh, relationships. Uh, really the relationships we've grown to love this place this is a place in our lives we've talked about this uh, plenty of times romance and i this is a place that it has brought so much healing and restoration to our lives and so that relationships that we've built i think is what we're going to miss the most amen and then here's the last thing is uh when you church plant Every now and then you'll get a couple of partners to hop on board with you. But can I just be honest with you? Most churches, most partners, they want to give a little bit so they can say, hey, I'm a part of it. Uh, but there's very few people that just hop on and really fund it. And so you got funding challenges. I mean, all that. So how can the people here help resource this, this new church? Yes. So uh, at the end of the service, uh, I would ask if, if show, each of you will make sure that to get one of these letters, he kind of explains a little bit of what are the things and the ways that you can get involved. In terms of finances specifically, uh, Stonepoint is going to be supporting us in terms of what uh, it comes to our family income for, uh, it's going to be an income that makes sense in Mexico and it's going to be, um, it, um, it's going to be for three years in the, in the sense that it's going to be first year, 100% of that, what we determine, and then it's going to decrease 80%, 40% so that we wouldn't grow, you know, dependent on external aid. Uh, now that being said, there's still a ton of things that need to be, you know, paid for and bought in terms of starting a church. There's, you know, there's sound equipment, there's light, there's curriculum, there's things when we do outreach events, there's uh, things about, you know, preparing others. And so there's a ton of expenses that need to be met when starting this. And so uh, in this uh, um, newsletter that you guys are going to pick up at the end, uh, we have a way uh, to really challenge you uh, to take a next step and be part of supporting this work. So uh, you can be, you know, a financial partner with us, uh, anywhere from, you know, $35, $100, depending on what the Lord uh, has allowed you and blessed you to, you know, to be faithful. All we ask is that, you know, you would read this, take it to the Lord in prayer, 
uh, and be obedient to whatever God leads you. You know, I'm not going to tell you, you know, do this or that. I'm not going to coerce you. All I ask is that you earnestly take it to the Lord in prayer and be obedient. Take the next step, whatever he's leading you to. Yeah, and so let me just kind of wrap up with that. So a lot of people will go, well, hey, what do I do? And so here, here's what you need to know. The way that Stone Point is structured is we ask our people to give graciously the cause of the body here. And then our body is faithfully meeting the needs of strategic partners, of church plants that we have scoped out, that we have they, that they meet in our belief system and all those things. This is an opportunity for you to give above and beyond what your normal gifts would be just because you know Jose and Romance and their family. And you go, I can give an extra $10 a month or extra $20 a month. And you can pray about that and have a conversation. Uh, he's going to be available in uh, the connection point here on the Wills Point campus. Edgewood, he's there every weekend. So y'all uh, catch up with him over the next couple of weeks. Um, but here's the, here's the thing you need to know. Over the next few years, we're going to give over $60,000. Uh, to the church plant there in Mexico. Uh, and it's going to be tiered, as he spoke of. Uh, so we're going to meet a lot of his needs, but there are a lot of other needs that are going to creep up along the journey, and we pray that God would meet those. Um, one of the things we want to do this weekend is all cash that's given uh, today, uh, this weekend on both campuses, will actually go to Jose and to the church plant, and we're going to meet it, uh, match it dollar for dollar today. So if you have an extra $10 dip bill and you want to stick it in there, or you got a little uh, Coke money, then stick it in there. And that's just one little simple way that he could be blessed. So connect up with him, ask a lot of questions, be praying, if nothing else, for him, and uh, know that the Lord wants to use all of us in our obedience. And here's my greatest prayer today, is not that we would be changed by Jose's story, but ultimately that through the testimony of other people, we might be in here and go, you know what, I've been really thinking about church planting. Uh, can I go with him? Can I go somewhere else? Would y'all have a conversation with me about that? Hey, could I be like a Courtney? Would y'all support me financially if I wanted to go on a journey with God? And the answer is we would love to have dialogue and conversation about that. We are looking for ways to partner with our body to see Jesus' name spread throughout the world. And all I'm praying for today is that there would be one that would be courageous enough to say, you know what, I'm young and I'm single and my life is ahead of me and I would love just to spend my life making the gospel known. And I pray that that would be our prayer. And my greatest prayer would be this, is that we would quit looking at people like Jose and Courtney and going, man, I love their faith. What about your faith? Why is it we pray so much for people's faith and we don't really trust God with our own? I pray that's where God would begin stirring. I love you, church, and I pray that your heart is encouraged. Let me pray for us as we close. I'm going to have Romance come up here too, not because she loves to do this, uh, but uh, hey, will you just do me a favor? Let's just stand on both campuses, um, and we're just going to we're just going to pray for her, and then we're going to close on both campuses with a quick video. Uh, we're going to pray for Romance, and not just Romance, but Jose, and we're going to pray for. Hannah, and we're going to pray for Kayla, and we're going to pray for Gabriella, their three beautiful daughters. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, so much for Jose and for Omante. We thank you for what they've meant to our body, to our fellowship. We thank you for their faithfulness and their, their courage. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would be with them. Uh, though oftentimes we look at our own inadequacies and our weaknesses, and uh, we look at the ways that we are flawed and uh, our past mistakes, and we wonder, God, how can you use us? But Lord, I just pray that we would be encouraged today, that the entire Bible we read is full of people that were broken, uh, yet they 
took a step of faith and they trusted you and you used them for your purposes. God, I, I echo the words that Courtney shared with us. That God, we know you don't need us, but you allow us to participate together in the gospel. And so, Lord, thank you for calling us out onto the water. Help us, God, to be courageous. May we not be afraid, for the Lord our God is with us wherever we go. Lord, you promise you won't leave us nor forsake us, and you promise that if we will be faithful to go, that you will use us to do even greater works than your son Jesus did. And so I pray that you would use us. Thank you for Romance. Thank you uh, for Jose. Thank you for their children, for Hannah and Kayla and Gabriella. Would you guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, and would you lead them by your spirit? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.